You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kafitz, and I'm really excited for this conversation today. Like, very excited, actually. Uh, we have our friends from Ebb and Flow Nutrition. Woo! Hey! Welcome, girls. Okay, I would love for you. We have uh, a duo um, who we have become friends with this year. And I'm not going to even try to say what they do and who they are. So I welcome them too. So welcome, ladies. Why don't you take turns who you are, what you do, where you're from? Take us off. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. We love this community and um, we are so happy to be speaking with you today. I am Carly Rodness. And I am Lila Peterson-Tanis. And we are two holistic nutritionists and we... Although we are nutritionists, we are not your average nutritionists. We help women break free from the cycle of dieting so that they can feel good in their bodies without all of the BS that we as women face. So that's us at like a high level. Um, But we are just two gals who are super passionate about helping women just feel good because life is too short to be stressed about our bodies and dieting and what we're eating and all of the above. Okay, so so I'm I'm fascinated by this because as somebody who has lived in a body of various sizes with various relationships with food and and um, existing on this planet and not necessarily feeling um, feeling all the feels from so much diet culture and really being a product of a Weight Watchers generation and um, feeling like, and, you know, heroin chic as like the, as like the standard Mm -hmm. of beauty and, you know, Pamela Anderson and Baywatch and like, that's the stuff we grew up with, right. With these standards of, of bodies that are so, um, not achievable, but also like the whole conversation to me is fascinating. So when somebody calls you guys, what are they saying and why are they calling you? Well, so many of these women, they've been on and off all of these diets, you name it. We've had Weight Watchers, we've had South Beach, we've had a lot of intermittent fasting recently. And they're these women, they're just tired, tired of dieting, tired of all the things they're seeing on social media. They don't know what to trust. Like there's so many, so many things on social media right now. You're just like, should I be eating that? Should I not be eating that? And so they come to us because they're just kind of feeling lost and they're ready to take charge of their own bodies again and really just put themselves in the driver's seat of things rather than the media, like social media telling them what to be doing and what not to be doing. And a big part of it too, is so many of the women that come see us are moms Mm -hmm. and they have little humans in their lives that are asking them questions about their bodies and about things that they're even hearing on social media. And while so many of our moms will tell their kids that their body is the least important thing about them and that all foods are equal. They don't truly believe it themselves. And so there's something really liberating about 
finally believing that yourself and then getting educated from us to be able to genuinely believe it when you say to your kids, all food is equal and your body is, is like not the important thing about you and that we all come in different shapes and sizes. So I think it's finding that connection between those two things. And when somebody's calling, why is it so hard as adult women to make that connection? I think that the challenge is that when you spend your whole life hearing a message, it can be really challenging to dissect your beliefs and genuinely pick apart what's true and what's diet culture BS because they become one at some point. And so while I think moms are doing so much work to be able to speak to their kids in a way that won't trigger dieting or diet culture thoughts in their heads, they themselves can't separate those two things because it's years and years of losing trust with your body because every diet you go on, every meal plan, everything that you try deteriorates the trust that you have with yourself. So I think, I think that's what is the, the biggest thing that we see with why that discrepancy happens. Yeah, I think I, I feel, and I can say this quite frankly on this, I have such a complicated relationship with my body um, and with diet culture and food. Um, and, you know, I, I just recently felt like I was working so hard and I was working with this trainer and I was working with like trying to like for the first time, like eating all the foods, you know, doing the workouts and feeling like I was really on top of it. And then I just felt like I'm not on top of it. So I was like, oh my God, this is just like another diet. Like that's what it was, right? And I don't, and I I have the book, The Intuitive Eating Book. I've never actually looked at it and I don't really know much about it. Yeah, <laughs> right in front of you. Yeah, I literally have I have that book and I don't even understand it. Like it doesn't even compute. Compute. So can you just yeah. walk us through what is intuitive eating? So intuitive eating is a really flexible style of eating that uses your hunger cues and your fullness cues and what satisfies you as a gauge for what you should and shouldn't be eating. So instead of using arbitrary external rules like what time of the day it is or what your meal plan says or what your diet tells you to do, you're using internal cues instead and what that gives you is an unconditional permission to eat whatever you want. Which sounds, it sounds like way too good to be true. I know yes. we say this all the time yeah. with our clients. We're always like, the main goal here is to have unconditional permission to eat what you want, when you want. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot about learning what works for you. And because it's so important to understand that everyone is so different. And so that their hunger and fullness cues are going to look different. Like Carly, for example, might her stomach might start to growl when she's hungry, hungry, whereas I get maybe brain fog. So we do help our clients unpack a lot of these things as well um, in our sessions and just really dissect the intuitive eating book at the end of the day too. And a lot of it's just like picking apart the principles of intuitive eating, which the two brilliant women that wrote the intuitive eating book have done. And it, it, there's just a lot of work and it's, it's really a journey too. And there's so much on social media that's like intuitive eating is eating donuts all day and McDonald's all day. And we are here to squash that because it is so not the truth. Well, those foods are absolutely part of a lifestyle that intuitive eaters have. 
there are so many health promoting things that intuitive eating also does. And it's interesting when you were saying like when you were trying out um, this new like lifestyle and you were incorporating exercise and, and eating differently the thing that people think is that when you become an intuitive eater, you just stop doing all those things and it's just eating whatever you want. But in reality, when you give yourself permission to do all the things and eat all the things, you can incorporate really amazing health practices into your life without them turning into diets. Because what you said is is really what happens a lot is all these healthy lifestyles, and I use air quotes, turn into diets because we are first of all programmed after years of going on diets to follow things that way. And because we're always using external cues as a system to regulate our bodies. So the switch with intuitive eating is tuning in internally to what works for you and then incorporating all the things into your life, which sounds super daunting, but we are there to help with that. As I ate an Oreo and, and sprouts in the same breath. Yes. <laughs> it. It's a great combination. Maybe we should try that for ourselves. Honestly, I just had an Oreo because I gave one to Henry. And then I just had literal sprouts. This, for some reason, sprouts, straight up sprouts, are like so good to me. I don't know why. But so is eating an entire box of Oreos. Both yeah. really good options. I'm here for that. And, I love that. And that's what intuitive eating is, right? Intuitive eating is looking at an Oreo and a sprout and seeing them as equal because well, a box of sprouts has a lot of really amazing nutrients. And we would call that a nutrient dense food. There's so much good that comes from eating an Oreo. And there is so much power, like the power we get from enjoying food because diets have told us that we're not allowed to actually enjoy food. And that if you're enjoying food, you must be doing something wrong. But when you actually allow yourself to eat Oreos as part of your everyday life, then guess what? You'll have an Oreo every now and then, but it's not going to have that same hold on you where you feel like you need to eat an entire sleeve in one sitting because you know you're not going to allow yourself to have it again the next day. I also, I think that everyone's biggest fear when starting in their journey of intuitive eating is just having that like loss of control when it comes to eating, especially with things that they call it. And I also say in, in air quotes, junk food, like just just food that's not as nutrient dense. I think they're just so worried about having zero control and that's not the case. And that's definitely something that we can all help. Um, we can help with. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, the big, one of the big core in our program is getting to a place where you can be around all foods without feeling the need to binge or overeat anything and fear of it being taken away from you in the future. See, to me, you're speaking another language right now, because to me, I come from a place where like, I just literally, to be honest, it's November, it's snowing. I went grocery shopping. I bought broccoli. I brought um, fish. I bought sprouts. I brought apples. I bought, you know, every whole food that's nourishing as possible. I bought two boxes of Oreos and my husband looked at me and goes, do not bring those in this house. Right. So like we, we are so, um, unable to to not binge and can you explain what binging actually is because to me it's like a word people throw like I binged or whatever like I mean I even said to my husband last night I'm like I do not have a healthy relationship with food I just made the kids lunches and ate for every like thing they got I got in my mouth like that's what I did last night and I find to me like making lunches or nighttime eating is like 
the time when I'm like, oh, I might have like eaten, I'm doing air quotes too, um, eaten good all day for back of a better word. And by the time it's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock and I'm making my kids lunches, I'm cutting their crust off and I'm eating the crust, right? And I'm eating whatever. So, I'm giving an Oreo for them and an Oreo popping one in my mouth or, you know, they get a lollipop, I get a lollipop, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, so I really think there's so much to unpack here, but Tell us what does binging mean? That was my question. You could then you can touch anything I said. Go ahead. Yeah, I think we can handle that in two parts. I think your Toblerone is always a great example, and we can chat about binging, and then we can talk about the nighttime eating and and why something like that might be happening. Well, the way that we like to think about it is as soon as you put a restriction on any type of food. So, for example, like years ago, I could not have a single piece of chocolate in the house. Um, so my, the, you know, those, um, oh, oh my gosh, what are they called? Those, not the Toblerones. It was like those little gold, they're like gold, what, La Roche, no, no. Uh, Ferrer Rocher, Ferrer yeah, Rocher. Yeah. Rocher. La Roche-Posay, okay. the, skin, the skincare. <laughs> skincare right now, too, okay? <laughs> but like, for example, I, I, I would get that as a gift at around Christmas time and I'd be like, I can't have this in the house. And so what would happen is I would start with one row and then I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to have this a week from now. So then I would eat another row all in one night. And then the entire box, there's like 30 of those chocolates in a box. All of them will be gone in a night. Then I'd feel sick, right? Then you don't want them for a little while. And then someone else gets you another box and you do the same thing all over again. But then it's just because I was restricting it in my mind. I was like, no, this is a bad food. I say bad food in air quotes again. I can't have this in the house, right? And so what happened was I ended up having to practice over and over again, just sitting and actually enjoying that chocolate, that food that I'm restricting in my day to day. And what happens with a lot of our clients too, is they'll do these types of exercises and they'll sit with a food that's forbidden and just go through the motions of like how they feel from beginning to end of eating that food. And over time, again, it comes with practice. It just, even with habituation, it becomes this like repetitive thing where you actually don't want it um, after a longer period of time as well. Um, And so same thing with Carly too, with chocolate, like she has Every time I come to Carly, she's got like, man, her, her shelves are stocked. Like she's got candy, like Halloween candy all year round. And that's just, it's kind of cool that you can do that and not have to worry about eating it from day and night. And so the solution is actually like the opposite of what we've been told, right? We're told we can't bring it in the house because we lack willpower and we can't have it because we lack willpower. But the actual restricting of it is what causes us to want to overeat and binge. And a, a part of binge too, binge eating too, can be emotionally triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about emotional eating. Um, it's actually one of our favorite sessions. Um, we just had it yeah, last, last week. week. Um, and the, the way that we can be using food to cope with our emotions is um, often what causes binge eating. And we feel all these big, heavy emotions. and what we do is we sometimes want to like rebel and get some sort of comfort and some sort of enjoyment. So we binge. Um, and, and what we can do in our program is really work through those feelings and find outlets for those emotions. And when food isn't seen as this sacred thing anymore, then the need to binge on them isn't there anymore. And, and that's not to say that those big em- emotions go away being a mom is hard and there's lots of things that are always going to happen. And sometimes that means enjoying food to help make you feel better, but it's learning to catch yourself in those patterns and find a way to not binge or not have the food control you, but rather make the conscious choice to eat and how much you want to eat. 
So that's, that's the one part of it, the binge eating. Um, we can talk about what you were saying in terms of the nighttime eating. So what, yes, what happens is it kind of is in the same vein that all day you've been eating good. So you've checked all these boxes in your head of what you've been allowed to eat and not allowed to eat. And then in front of you, you have foods that you're not allowing yourself to eat, like the crust of your kid's bread. So when you're at night and it's finally you're exposed to it, you're going to eat it because it's seen as this sacred thing. And you've probably restricted yourself from just enjoying a sandwich during the day yourself that it's now in front of you. And you're like, Oh, I need to get those crusts in because if I don't get those crusts in, that's the only opportunity I have to eat bread. So when you're making choices throughout the day to actually nourish your body and choose to eat bread, because fun fact, bread is absolutely okay to eat. And an amazing part of mine and Lila's everyday (laughs) lives is that food that you're making for your kid is no longer seen as sacred because you can have it too. And when you're making the lunch for your kids, when you become an intuitive eater, yeah, you can snack on things here and there, but you'll be making the choices based on what you actually want to be eating versus feeling like you need to eat it because you won't get it in the future. I'm I'm fascinated. I'm really fascinated because it's, it's such like a different way of thinking about relationships. And I think like, um, to food and body and, um, and it's funny, right? I actually have this like weird thing that I do and it's tells you how much I am like a, a product of diet culture, but I sometimes see like thin people eating sandwiches and I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't register like somebody eating like a crusty $12, like gourmet, gorgeous sandwich mm-hmm. that I really want. But yeah. I'm like, I, 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 it's not for me because I'm a big girl and I can't have that. Right. So, and that's because you I, were taught to believe that yeah. people in small bodies yeah. have this like special ability to be able yeah. to do those things. And that if yeah. you eat that thing, that that's going to damage you because you are in a bigger body than they are. And, right. and that's where, that's where diet, that's where the diet cycle gets you. Right. Like that's how they trap us in is like when you, there's this like glamorizing of really thin people and celebrities like eating unhealthy, I use unhealthy in quotes, unhealthy foods, because it sets up this ideal that, that they are in this special body that they can eat whatever they want. But in reality, we all have the bodies that allow us to eat what we want. And it's not this special thing reserved for people that reside in smaller bodies, because our health is not connected to the size of our bodies. And just because you see someone in a smaller body does not make them healthy. And just because you see someone in a bigger body does not make them unhealthy. Our weight has nothing to do with our health, which is, I know, a bit mind blowing because we've been told the complete opposite our entire lives. Our entire lives. And it's it's funny, right? There's one as you say it, there's like one example that I can pinpoint. And it's not I it's not a slide on this person. I love this person. I think she's fucking amazing. Um, her, she's a Toronto based, uh, content creator. Who's also a mom and a chef and like really famous in the food industry. And she is a very thin, very pretty, but it was a very pregnant person. And she got famous because she took a photo of herself, literally eating pizza while she was pregnant and piled pizza on top of her belly. And I was like, she, she literally will say that's the photo that got her famous. Right. 
And in my mind, when I saw that photo, I'm like, oh my God, she's so pretty. And she's such a thin pregnant person and she's eating this pizza. But if that was me and I'm like a little bit of a more um, round pregnant woman by every measure, like that sort of photo would never get me famous. You know what I mean? Because um, she exists exactly in in a, a privileged, smaller body where this dynamic happens, I think with so many moms and probably why it's so prevalent for you, where women's relationship with food changes in pregnancy because yes. their body changes and they're allowed to have those yes. um, forbidden fruits and I are forbidden fruits, actually for, for forbidden foods <laughs> in a way where <laughs> like, they have never, it works. Yeah. They, they've never had access to them before. So totally. when to, I'm, I'm pivoting the conversation a bit and doing a little bit of a U-turn here, but I think there's twofold, right? <laughs> They're so cute, Henry. Sorry, Henry is just running around like a maniac. Um, you know, this sort of um, really changing your complete wiring of how you see and interact with the world and also a complete and utter acceptance of your body as a body. Yes. Like that is what it is. And let's be clear. It doesn't come to a point where you're never going to have a thought or a day when you look at your body and you don't feel some type of way about it. However, what we can tell you is when you do practice intuitive eating, the days that you are in a funk and you feel like your body is not worthy are are less. Those happen less often. And you, and you also just have the right tools to kind of unpack those thoughts and yes. like reframe them. Right. Cause like I, I definitely, I still have days where I like look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I'm not happy with the way that I look right now. And now, now I just take a pause and I'm like, okay, let's unpack those thoughts. Lila. Like what's, what's really going on here. Totally. And same thing with food too. Cause a lot of times with social media, like Carly and I talk about this all the time when you're on Instagram, you see someone eating something or like they post a, what I eat in day video. And you're like, Oh, if I ate that way, I could look like, like that too. Right. Um, and so a lot of times too, it's just, you stop, you reframe and you think about like, you internalize like, how you're feeling in that moment. What's actually going on. But you bring up a really good point with pregnancy and it's something that we talk about so often is how many times in our lives that our bodies change as women And when you give yourself the permission to like adjust to those stages and not feel the need to always bounce back Mm -hmm. to what you used to be and instead find a way to uh, like get used to this new norm of your body, life is so much easier to manage. Like I, I'm pregnant right now. And in my first trimester and beyond, I could barely eat anything for for that matter. And when I could eat, I had to just get in whatever I could manage. And pre-intuitive eating, I would have felt so guilty about some of the foods that I was choosing to eat. But instead, I told myself and reframed it to say, I need to eat what I need to eat to survive. And whatever that looks like is whatever that looks like. And postpartum, I'm sure I will go on a similar journey where my body is going to change. And that's kind of a a beautiful thing because it should change because we've carried a human in our bodies and social media will tell you that you, God forbid, you looked like you had a baby because we're going to praise people who don't look like they have babies. And we're going to praise people who carry really small and we're going to praise people if they look smaller in their pregnancy than they should. I use should in air quotes and 
So what we find in our program is when people are able to be intuitive eaters, they're able to manage the transitions in life a lot easier. And it's not that it's not hard, but it's an easier way, like Lila mm-hmm. was saying, because you can challenge those thoughts and reframe them for yourselves. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, ladies. <laughs> Amen. 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 Well, you don't, you don't really, I mean, it's interesting having this conversation because we don't really give air, right, to this conversation so much. Because I think people have a lot of guilt about feeling the way that they feel. And it's this yeah. like dirty elephant in the room that people want to sweep under the carpet or not even address. So I'm happy we're sort of discussing this so publicly because I think intuitive eating is, I think, the goal, right? Like I say to my kids all the time, we have treats accessible. Okay, here we go, Henry. One, two, three. Okay. Um, we have treats accessible all the time at my house. And it, it is a slippery slope sometimes. And I want to take the value out of the food, right? Yeah. That food is food and it's not good, bad, or food. But they come to me saying, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? You know, um, and my son and I just had a conversation. He's six years old. And he's like, mommy, my tummy was hurting me so much. And I had such a big yucky poo that it smelled mm-hmm. so bad. I pooed at school and I ran out of the bathroom. And I didn't wash my hands. And I was like, babe, why do you think you have it? He goes, I eat so much junk food at Bubby and Zadie's house. I was like, okay, well, you eat a lot of junk food here on any given Sunday. So what the hell are you eating there? Like there's no, there's literally no limitations in this house. And sometimes um, I have to sort of pause and be like, we are trying so hard to like instill in our children this, like your body is beautiful at any stage. Like food is just food and eat the lollipop, lick the lollipop and eat the pasta at the same time. Like I do not care, you know? Um, But I have such a hard time. And my husband and I are really, really, really proponents of when we are, um, when our bodies are smaller and we're eating more nutrient dense food and we're moving our bodies, we just feel better. Yeah. Right. So, but we do both have such a um, obsession with food and it's not a normal obsession. My husband is a CIA trained, high level, award-winning chef, right? Like we eat well and we celebrate with food. We mourn with food. It's not just food as fuel, right? Like we love food in every possible way. And I don't know if I can remember a time, seriously, where I've had an Oreo or a piece of cake or something like that and not held immediate guilt afterwards or felt like I'd made a boo-boo or felt like my whole day was derailed because I had this one thing. So why not keep derailing it? Right. So if I feel that way, my intuition is that everybody (laughs) feels that way, right? It's not such a far stretched idea. And I don't know that many women, to be frank, who have healthy, normal, intuitive relationships with food and body. So it's, this is a brand new school of thought, if I understand, or at least it's like, you know, in the last decade or so, right? So walk us through a bit now about your, your offer, your two women. Um, how do we teach this? How do you undo this? There's one thing I know a lot of people go back to school for like getting certified in uh, something or they take a letter writing course or they do something to like, I don't know, make them like, what is it that you guys offer that can radically change somebody's relationship to these systemically huge, um, you know, um, character traits or, or ideals of who we are and what we're about. Like, how do you undo that? 
well, you can come and work with us. <laughs> so yeah, do it. Give the plug. Okay, explain the program. Explain the program. So we do, we offer a group program. It's called Get Back in the Flow. Um, and the group, the group sessions are great because you're working with a community of women that are in the same boat as you, right? Like you're all going to work together. You can lean on each other. We have a little Facebook community that you can join um, where you can chat and share recipes and share your thoughts and feelings and like how things are going throughout this journey. But what we do is we really do help you unpack the principles of intuitive eating and really the whole thing is it's, it's a lot of, it's just practice, right? It's continuously having to practice intuitive eating on a daily basis. It's going to ebb and flow and starting ebb and flow. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool because what we do is we, we do a one-on-one intake with, for our first session It's six sessions in total, our first sessions one-on-one with both Carly and I. So it's kind of a two for one deal. And then the remaining five sessions are kind of lecture based in a way. So it's kind of like going back to school for a little bit, but we do have really fun activities that we do throughout our sessions. And then the big takeaway is the personal workbook that we've created. And it's just a lot of activities that you do on your own time and, that's the, that's the part that is the hardest and we can help you with that. There's always email access to us 24 seven. Um, but the workbook it's, it's doing a lot of the work on your own and literally sitting and practicing on a daily basis with it. Cause yeah, the, the key to it and uh, is education, right? Because yeah. for every thought that pops in our heads about diet culture that keeps us, I would say in check and in line to stay in the diet industry, because that's how they make money. We want to provide you with the information so that you can talk yourself through those thoughts because we can't be there with you when you're sitting down at a restaurant and ordering something that you feel like is quote unquote bad, but we can teach you why that meal actually isn't bad and why you can choose to eat to satisfy yourself. And then like Lila said, doing the work and putting in the work and practicing these things and then coming back to our sessions and learning the actual skills, the combination of those two things helps to pick apart this systemic pressure against women to continually be on diets for their whole lives. It's, it's retraining your brain essentially is what, what, what our goal of our program is, is to retrain your brain and to take all the BS out and and call it out because until we call it out, we can't change our behaviors. So it's interesting to me because I think if, if I could live in a world where this is my reality and I might have to take your class, I'm not going to, I might need some one-on-one coaching. I'm so, I'm so, freaking, I'm so damaged. I'm so damaged. Like it's not even normal um, in this particular topic. But I think it's like my mom like is in her seventies and still says, honey, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. She looks at me like, mom, no one even looks at you anymore. Like, who, you think I'm just looking at you and being like, oh, she, they're looking at you saying you're a beautiful woman who has survived so much. And you, you literally should get an Oscar for how much you have like endured in your lifetime. Oh, Henry is just walking around and naked with his, with a poo coming out of his butt. Okay. Henry, stop, 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 stop. Oh my God. Um, keeping it real. Um, so, so, so I, you know, I really don't want to be that where I'm turning to my daughter as her in her thirties and in my seventies as her, as her container, as my container and being like, I just need to share with you that I still think I'm fine. I'm like, come on, mom. Like, yeah. no, no one is looking at you that way. Oh, Henry, stop, stop, stop. Oh my God. Stop. Oh, Henry. I think a, a big thing we can speak on here is learning to talk to yourself. I know this is going to sound like so cliche, but learning to talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to your mom or your girlfriend, because 
when like Lila walks into a room, all I see is her bright smile and the energy that she brings in. And we tell ourselves that people are paying attention to our bodies because again, we've been trained to believe that when in reality, no one cares, no one cares. And the more that you practice with our program and with us, you can start to have that same thought process affect other parts of your life. So when you start to look at food intuitively, you can start to look at other things in your life intuitively, your body, and it starts to change the way you think about things so that you can look at yourself and, and see nice things about yourself the same way that when Lila walks in a room, I see nice things about her. So the, the uh, intuitive eating is not just about eating. It really does transcend into so many different parts of your life. Um, and you'll just notice yourself catching yourself in spirals, whether it's with anxiety, with your kids, it's, it's just a a practice of self-awareness that can be applied in so many ways. So many. I love that so much. I think for me, there's two things I need to sort of come to terms with in this whole conversation that many, maybe people do, which is, um, we as women have to be a little bit more kinder and gentler to ourselves and to each other with this, because we're the ones who are saying, Oh, she lost weight. Oh, she gained weight. Oh, did you see so-and-so? Oh man, she must not be happy or whatever because she's X, Y, and Z. Right. And I know myself, like I get into these spirals. I'm like, Oh, I'm going on a trip in six weeks. Can I get down that last 10 pounds? Do I, you know, or whatever, whatever. And that is such like a, a lifelong, like I'm almost 40, you know, and that's like still, the same shit I've been telling myself since I was 20. That's a long time, like 20 years of my life thinking and waiting and hoping and praying or doing something, right. Whether or not it's not eating carbs or, you know, eating at a certain, you know, window of time or like all of these fucking trendy things that are happening instead of just being content of who I am, um, which I'm really kind of looking forward to in my forties. Cause a lot of my friends who are in their forties have come to terms of like, this is my body. This is what it is. These are the yeah. foods I enjoy. And they just sort of, it's like a fuck it moment. Um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Imagine if you could have that moment earlier, like think yeah, of, all of course. The things that you, we think about like all the things that we waste time and we could have just enjoyed. Like you imagine if instead of being stressed going on your vacations, you just were like, hell yeah, I can't wait to go on vacation. Imagine yeah. what that would feel like to release that energy that, stress in your chest when you're like oh my god I'm still not the way that I want to look or I should look like it's 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 liberating like think about all the shit we can get done as women when thinking about our bodies and food is not one of those things (laughs) like think about the course I I think also the thing I need to get over is even though like you know people we have come to great lengths body positivity body neutrality conversations about even this dialogue I think for some people it doesn't, but does it change what we think is attractive, right? Like when I look at somebody, I might think a particular body is, is good looking or attractive to me, which is obviously um, changes the narrative a bit being like, okay, I can get behind me being gentler with my body and me trying to have a better relationship with food, but I can't help when I'm on the beach and I see a body of somebody who I find attractive. There's a certain type of body that I am Mm -hmm. therefore more likely to say like, oh, that's attractive. But like, what does that matter? Like, Who who cares? Right. Like at the end of the day. So I also know that like somebody like me, people meet me in person 
or they see me in real life and they're not like, oh, you're like fatter than I thought you were going to be, right? I get like, oh, you're always shorter than I thought you'd be. Or like, oh my God, I love seeing your face every single day on Instagram. You bring me so much joy. And I had to like, for a while, I actually made my 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 um, Apple watch, like a photo of myself. Cause I was like, I just need to know that like, I am more than my body and that like people can look at my face and people see me and they're excited and happy to see me. And they're not yes. looking at me. And the first thing they're thinking about is like, oh, she's fatter than I thought she was going to be, you know? Totally. So, and and that's the, that's the, the thing that comes with intuitive eating too. Like I, I remember I started when I started going down this journey, I'm not saying every day we need to think we're like the hottest thing that we've <laughs> ever seen, but like, if you start saying things out loud, like my ass looks great in my jeans today, or wow, like my, my smile looks extra bright today or, or starting to say like such like nice things about yourself. And when you start to retrain the negative thoughts in your head about food, you can start doing those things about yourself too. And eventually we start to believe them, right? The more we say something, the more we believe them and the more you will genuinely look at yourself and not be like, what are people thinking? Am I too fat? Am I too this? Because what we say, our brains will start, our brains catch up eventually. So it's, it's just practicing that repetition. Yeah. It's, it's really just a lot of repetition with it. Guys, this was a fascinating conversation. If you, um, if you, if you, if people want to get in touch with you or find you, how, how can they find you? And, 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 and where are you living these days on social and otherwise? But we're virtual, so we can work with anyone, um, anywhere in the world. Um, but you can find us on Instagram. We're Ebb and Flow Nutrition. So E-B-B and D-F-L-O, no W, nutrition. Uh, Instagram is probably the best way to like kind of get a feel for who we are and what we do, our vibe, how, what would it be like working with us. And then you can also check out our website, which again would be www.ebbandflownutrition.com. And on our Instagram as well, you can book in a discovery call with us or just slide into our DMs where we're like, we always check it. So you can just hop on in there. And our, our discovery slash consultations are free. Yeah. So you can chat with us for 20 minutes and ask us questions about the program and see if it's the right fit for you. Um, we also, because we love this community so much, if you listen to this podcast and you send us a DM saying you heard us on this podcast, we are going to offer a special discount for for all the amazing moms in this community because we we know it works and we want more women to be walking around and enjoying their lives and enjoying food because life is way too short to be obsessing over food. So come check us out. And even if you want to just send us a message and be like, Oh my God, I just heard this most ridiculous thing and diet culture is such bullshit. <laughs> la, 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 la. We love that too. Love so, it. so come on, come and chat with us and, and uh, yeah. Okay. Ladies, thank you so, so much. This was a very informative um, um, call. This is Carly and Lila from Ebb and Flow and we love them and we cannot wait to have them, um, throughout the course of, you know, our, our lives and our, our businesses growing together. We hope to, uh, see them uh, more and more. So, uh, really, really some food for thought, literal food for thought. Um, <laughs> really that. interesting conversation today, guys. Thank you everyone for listening and we will speak to you really soon. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks ladies. Thank Bye.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.